Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. We're bringing back old friend Arnold Huffman with Digital Yalo. Welcome, Arnold. Thank you, Lee. Great to be here. Well, I'm excited to get updated. Uh, what's new at Digital Yalo? Yeah, things have uh, progressed quite a bit over the last uh, couple of years since being on the show uh, last time. So, you know, um, obviously last year was a challenge for lots of folks and um, no different for us in our industry. I think one of the keys was the differentiation in terms of industries that we work in definitely helped um, power through, if you will, last year. We certainly had some clients that had a, a tough year, but in other cases we had clients have their best year. So the diversity of industries that we worked in, was was very helpful in that from that perspective. So, um, yeah, one of the key things in terms of evolution, I would call it that uh, that happened last year for us through the challenges was really uh, banding together and taking a look at ourselves and and making some changes. So, uh, one kind of refreshing our brand and updating our website uh, that we rolled out middle of last year. Uh, we actually made an acquisition of a local firm here in Atlanta that joined our ranks uh, that added some new capability uh, to, uh, to our um, portfolio. So things such as augmented and virtual reality, um, uh, something like that, that gave us some new innovation uh, angle with our clients. We also, Helped a couple of clients host virtual events was uh, all the rage last year for, for many organizations and no different for some of our clients. So we actually stepped in and, and helped support them with a few virtual events. Probably the most exciting thing last year was we uh, turned the corner on our 100th client. So reaching triple digits was pretty exciting for uh, the team. And as we call ourselves a tribe and, um, kind of carrying on from there after uh, this being a, our ninth year now. Uh, so uh, that was pretty exciting for everybody on, on board. So those are a few of the uh, new changes and things that are happening here at Yellow. Now tell us a little bit, uh, maybe educate our listeners who are uh, thinking about acquiring uh, a company or merging with a company. Can you talk about some of the, what you learned from going through that process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it was new for us. So, you know, I guess probably the, the first lesson is that nobody's experienced at it until you start. So um, don't be afraid of, of the specter or the pros, you know, the prospect of doing so. Uh, the second thing I would say is I've been working with a uh, third party consultant that is from the M&A space and his feedback, insight, direction, support, has been invaluable uh, and really helpful. So um, I would encourage anybody that's looking to do so to, to find somebody that they trust uh, and um, also that they can be a great sounding board that has the experience of things to consider. Uh, I would say that I think folks who are going into this space probably have 
some of the ideas or uh, knowledge and, and pop, you know, the right thinking about what they want to accomplish. But there's another probably 30 or 40 percent of that uh, experience and knowledge and thinking that that is probably a blind spot that having a, a third party person involved that comes with that background specifically in the M&A space that will really close that gap very quickly and give you the confidence of that you're making the right decisions, that you're taking the right steps and, um, you know, be successful. The third thing I'd say is, uh, in that process, you know, you're going to do a, uh, due diligence of the organization you're going to buy. And, uh, that due diligence is, is very invaluable in the sense of really getting your hands around and wrapping your head around what it is you actually are acquiring, how it fits with your current organization and really getting all the, the smallest Lego pieces understood of, of how that's going to fit in with your company and then start to understand the value of the upside that can bring by bolting their organization in with yours. Uh, I would say that the outcome for us has been really fantastic. Um, one of the things that really uh, helped us again, evolve last year, much like evolving our brand as well as evolving our overall team by making this acquisition. And um, I think conversely for the leadership that we brought in uh, the opportunity for them to see what they had been building um, really blossom under our banner. So I can tell you that the revenue that they were running at prior to us acquiring them, we tripled that in the 12 months that they've been with us. So they've been very busy uh, and really excited about the prospects that um, by partnering with us that can becoming part of Yalo has uh, resulted in for them. And it's one of those things where one plus one did equal three. Yes, in this case, 300%, I guess. (laughs) So So now um, going through the pandemic, you mentioned some of the struggles of some of your clients just uh, and some, you know, had record years and some struggled. How did that affect your team? Uh, Was everybody remote uh, during that time or did you have some people in an office? How were you kind of managing that? Yeah, so we've always had a distributed work model for our organization. Um, and that's continued, you know, right up to the pandemic, right through the pandemic, and even expanded even further through the pandemic. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, we had about half of our team here in Atlanta and the other half in Cleveland. So we were already not together, if you will. Uh, at this state, what I'll tell you is that in the current stage of our organization now, we have people not only in, in Atlanta and Cleveland, but we have folks in Raleigh, Rochester, Philly, Minneapolis, Seattle, and LA uh, also on our roster. And I think our ability to operate in that manner uh, historically is really what's given us the experience, knowledge, and capability to continue to operate that way and add even further, you know, folks from even further uh, abroad in terms of their location and not just being even Cleveland, Atlanta, but anywhere in the country. So that's really given us the uh, opportunity to hire the the right people, the best people and hire based on skill set, not necessarily location. But as I joked with our team, us having been a distributed work model leading up to uh, COVID last year, 
that really, and I remember the date distinctly was March 16th here in Atlanta when everything shut down because my daughter's birthday was the next day and we couldn't go anywhere. And that Monday of March 16th, we, we got up and everybody just went to work just as if, uh, it was the previous Friday. Um, we didn't do anything different. We didn't change anything. Uh, we didn't even have a call to discuss what or how we were going to do things differently. Uh, because for us, we already operated that way and we're very comfortable operating that way. And so we just carried on, um, uh, right through the beginning of, of COVID. Now we did have office space here in Atlanta that we, we kind of co-shared with another group and we exited that in August. Um, and much like many organizations uh, around the country. And so, uh, from that perspective, we, we've been, as I've joked, homeless since August, but um, we are uh, in the final stages of, of landing a new location and home for our team here coming up. And that'll be a little bit of a change of our previous model being fully distributed to really um, having a home base uh, for our younger folks to go to, uh, our folks who travel in from out of town, from all those locations I just described, uh, to, to visit as well as bring our clients into. So we're looking forward to uh, showing off our new home here shortly. Now, talk a little bit about how you manage the kind of uh, social unrest that was happening uh, during the pandemic. You know, if there wasn't if it wasn't enough having a pandemic, we sprinkled some social unrest into it as well. How did that affect your team? Yeah, so we have a pretty diverse organization, you know, whether it be gender or ethnicity um, across our our company. So um, it's an important factor for me in ensuring that we stay a well-blended, diverse mix of of folks in this organization, because I do truly believe that that brings about the most, um, you know, the best uh, collaboration, the best outputs. Uh, as far as any kind of work, and in our case, you know, work output on behalf of our clients. So um, for us, really what it amounted to was having open dialogue. We have a two-week, every two-week status uh, get-together of our entire company uh, just to, uh, A, a little bit relax and enjoy uh, some banter and conversation. Um, a different person is in charge of running that biweekly call every uh, other week. Uh, it's assigned out through the entire year. So everybody knows when it's going to be their turn and it's their job basically to come up with something that's fun at the front end of that meeting to, uh, get everybody engaged. And so we'll do, uh, Kahoot challenges, um, of, of trivia. We've done name your walk-up song. Um, and we've built playlists based on that and put them out on our website so we always try to find something to kick the meeting off that's fun and engaging. And the owner of that is who's running the call that day. Uh, from there, we jump into other topics, uh, usually, you know, kind of the perfunctory stuff of sales, uh, what's going on in different projects. Uh, what are we doing for our own marketing? Uh, any updates we have on operations? But then lastly, there's usually kind of open topics and uh, during social the social unrest last year, we we certainly had numerous conversations in that slot of our uh, biweekly status calls where we openly discussed how people felt uh, uh, viewpoints and um, you know to make sure that it felt or that everybody had a chance to uh, discuss and air their their feelings about what was happening. 
Um, so yeah, I think it was very powerful for us to be able to open that forum up to everybody within our organization. Uh, the second thing then is here in Atlanta, and I applaud the, the folks who have initiated this program, but there's a, uh, a, a program called the A-Pledge that uh, got started, uh, I believe started the foundation or formulation of it at the end of last year and now is in full swing. Um, but uh, the A-Pledge is really specific to the marketing industry, focused on um, leveling the playing field, if you will, in terms of diversity hiring uh, in the marketing space specifically. So both agencies as well as corporates. And so there are very specific expectations, uh, goals, and metrics that any organization that's going to be a part of the pledge are expected to meet year over year between now and 2030 to show that uh, the output, you know, the, the result will be a much more level playing field and hiring approach um, and diversity within the marketing space. So I applaud the efforts of the leaders of that, one of which is Melissa Proctor is the CMO of Hawks um, and other, you know, many others involved with that. So we're proud to be a, uh, one of the early members to sign on to that and uh, actively participating in that program. Now, it sounds like culture is important to you and your organization, and especially when you're managing, you know, remote workers and you're acquiring companies, getting the right fit is critical in order to, you know, sustain the growth. Does that come into play also when you're choosing clients to work with? Um, how important is that kind of cultural fit alignment when you're um, choosing clients to work with? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of it's them choosing you as kind of the first step. Right. But I think it's, it's, it's a two way street. The fact that we get selected, I think is, is as much as we would select them. And I think that's where the mutual uh, relationship gets started in the sense that, uh, maybe you've heard the old adage and others have heard it, right? That uh, people gravitate towards people who think like them, talk like them, act like them. And um, I think in the case of kind of an agency and a client mutually agreeing to work together, that a lot of the uh, prelude to that working together that leads up to that, whether it's an RFP and the number of meetings that you have, you're kind of feeling your way through that to see if the, the, mutual, you know, energy is there between the two of you and there's alignment. So we've been fortunate that, um, we've got many of our relationships are exactly that, uh, a lot of times then that leads to the tenure of our working partnership with those clients being many, many years, even back to one of our clients that we, one of our first clients, uh, almost nine years ago is still with us even today. Now, is there an industry that you kind of focus in on or is it, are you industry agnostic? Is it more about this kind of the scope of services they're looking for? Yeah, so we do work across industry. Uh, I would say that about 50% is B2B and 50% is B2C. And uh, within that, there's a diversity of, of industries that we support uh, on the B2B side, things like uh, manufacturing, distribution, uh, technology as it relates to hardware, software, and services, healthcare, um, banking, and financial services on the commercial side. Uh, and then on the B2C side, uh, consumer products, uh, retail, e-commerce, 
and one of our larger ones is food and beverage. So, you know, we've got a pretty diverse mix of industries that we operate across. I think one of the, the common threads for us is that those clients are looking for something new and different than maybe where they've been in the past. And uh, we've got a fairly unique approach that we bring to the table that helps differentiate uh, us from uh, the num- numerous agencies that are out there. there. There's many, many, at least not only here in Atlanta, but across the country. And so we take this approach of kind of looking at film, art, music, and sports to come up with unique ideas for our clients. And the reason we look in those domains of film, art, music, and sports is because those are uh, relatable elements in everybody's everyday life. And that's our goal is to help our clients be some, something that's relatable to those, to their target audience. And so we use that as a way to come up with the ideas and that, that infuse their way into their marketing out to their customers. And one example is that we, we've had this uh, approach when we're doing the creative conversation around what we call the soul song. And the soul song really becomes the embodiment of the creative output that we create for clients. And the question is, if this project were a song, what song would this be? And we have that conversation with the client. We debate the merits of different songs and the values of those different songs. We build a playlist. And then eventually we, we get that narrowed down to one singular song that becomes the, uh, the anthem or the, you know, the North star of what we do for creative uh, and, and development for them. So that's kind of, I think one of the key differentiators for us and in our ability to work across industries for so many different types of clients. Now, what's the pain that uh, clients having or prospective clients having before he calls uh, digital YALO? What, what's going on in their firm? Are they plateauing? Are they struggling? Are they losing sales? Um, or is it just time for kind of a refresh? What, what's going on in that company right before they find you guys? Yeah, so it's a, a variety of things. Um, sometimes it's they're they've outgrown their current agency. Um, you know, they were a smaller organization, and the agency they started with was a smaller one. And the client's business is now you know tri- tripled or quadrupled, and uh, the pace at which they're executing um, is not something that the smaller agency can keep up with. So we've seen that. Um, We've seen where, yeah, there's just kind of a, a lack of foresight and strategy um, uh, coming from their partner. And so it something that we caution and I caution my team very much about is that like we're not it's just there to take orders and execute whatever they think is right. It's, it's our duty to have two-way dialogue with them and put forward different or other ideas than maybe they've thought of and maybe even challenge the ones that they have thought of for us to help them, you know, progress forward and and even make leaps forward uh, against their competition. So uh, we work very hard to kind of have that type of dialogue open and honest and, and, and be able to push them maybe a little bit outside of their comfort zone. Um, for their marketing. So those are a couple, you know, key, key reasons. Um, and the third one is probably just in general results. Yeah. They've, you know, they've been working with somebody and they kind of got to a certain state and then, uh, feel like they want to expand further than that and need to find a new partner to do so. Now, if somebody uh, wants to get a hold of you or somebody on your team, what's the website? 
Uh, website is www.digitalyalo.com. So that's digital, Y-A-L-O.com. Well, Arnold, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Yeah, appreciate it, Lee. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you next time on Atlanta Business Radio. Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. To learn more and get your first month free, go to onpay.com.